Shalom Chavra. Hanukkah is the most amazing time of the year. I will tell you without a question. There's great sufganiyot, there's great latkes, you get chocolate coins, but what really makes Hanukkah unbelievable is the deep Torah ideas of Hanukkah. Hanukkah has the most unbelievable depth. And I can tell you that we've talked about some of the amazing ideas in the past. Talked about the Nohama, the real ideological battle between the Greeks and the Jews, how the Greeks represent the rational faculty and intellect, and how Torah is both accepts the rational, but also transcends the rational. Talk about fantastic themes, but today I want to delve deeper. And I want to go into one of perhaps the deepest concepts in Torah, a topic which I've never talked about before, and a topic which opens up Kol Torah It is the foundation of foundations. It's the klal of all klalim. It is so fundamental that you can argue it is it is at the center of, of Torah consciousness itself. And Hanukkah is perhaps the best way to enter into this topic. And the question is like this. The question is, what is it that we're really trying to tap into in Hanukkah? What is the light of Hanukkah really about? Talk about the light of Hanukkah, the neros of Hanukkah, the miracle of Shemen. What is this, this miracle of, of light really about? And it brings up the topic of Or Haganus, which literally means the hidden light. And, and this is something which is mentioned in Chazal, it's mentioned in the Drushim, it's mentioned in the Maharal, and the Vilna Gon talks about the Or Haganus, the hidden light, this primordial light. And the question we're going to have to deal with, what I really want to deal with, is to just, as opposed to having a, an inspirational share with stories and something beautiful, I want to ask you to really to sit down and to really get ready for just unbelievable Torah, just pure depth. Because I want to just delve into this topic. This topic really, in order, if we would have a bunch of stories and inspiration, we wouldn't get anywhere in this topic. Because this topic is so deep, it requires so much focus and concentration. So I'm asking you to really to give me your seichel and your, your post-fashional faculties to contemplate, to focus, to really set aside the next little while, and to get ready to delve into some of the most unbelievable Torah that you can possibly imagine. And the best way we're going to address this is we're going to enter into this topic in regards to Hanukkah. Because the question is, this Or HaGonos, the Or HaGonos really comes up in the, in the beginning of Masa Bracious. The Torah says, Vayhi Or, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created light. And the problem, the question that everyone asks is, what does it mean HaKadosh Baruch Hu created light? The sun, the luminaries, weren't created until the fourth day. So what is this light that the Kodesh created that wasn't the sun, it was some other type of or? What is this or? So the Midrash, Midrash Rabbah, says that the or haganas, this or haganas, which is what the Kodesh created, is a different type of light. Kodesh created the sun, that was, that was later on. But this light, this is the or that was a different type of or, and it was hidden after Adam HaRishon sent that this original ore, this different type of ore, was created before the sun, before the luminaries, and it was hidden after Adam's end. Or Haganos, the hidden light. So what is this Or Haganos? So Baal and Achshava talk about this, and they open up this entire fountain of wisdom. And they contrast the Or Haganos, this hidden light, this, we'll call it this transcendent spiritual light, 
It's in contrast with physical light. In what sense? So let's not give it like this. What is physical light? With light, you are able to see, to perceive. But what can you perceive? You perceive the physical world. You perceive with your senses. You know, we're talking about perceiving the world. You can see, but light, whether, you know, we're not going to get into the physics of light, whether it's a wave or a particle, but in regards to light, it allows you to perceive the physical world. But nothing more. Only the physical. So you can see your surroundings. You can see what you physically look like. You can see other people's bodies, their facial expressions. But you can't see consciousness. You can't see soul. You can't see the mind. You can't see the spiritual. You can't see the infinite. You can't see that which transcends the physical. The or haganus, the, the hidden light, which we're going to get to, you know, what does this mean, the hidden light? But the or haganus allowed one to see reality. Before the light was hidden, you can see reality, you can see spirituality, you can see truth, you can perceive things as they are. You can see one's inner essence, you can see their thoughts, you can see what's going on in an internal, true sense. Now all you see is the surface. Through the surface, we need to reattain some sort of inner truth. Through the surface, we use logic and inference and, and we use all these different tools to try to peer past the surface. We talk about experience, post-rational truth, using, you know, when it comes to uh, different faculties we use in Torah learning. When it comes to learning Gemara, learning Gemara Be'in, we use irrational faculties more than any other faculties. When it comes to Machshav, when it comes to deeper Torah wisdom, there's a combination of rational faculties, post-rational faculties, contemplating things that are beyond reason, beyond logic. But the... It's, it's so important to understand this contrast. I mean, I mean think about it. The, the most we can see in terms of our physical eyesight is we can see beneath the surface, but of a surface. Like we can use x-rays to see the internal of your body, but that's really just an internal external. You can't actually see beneath the surface. We cannot see the spiritual. And this is something which is amazing because... If you if you look at how the Midrashim talk about Adam Harishan, the Gemara talks about Adam Harishan's body was was cosmic. It wasn't a physical, it wasn't you know a human being like we are. He was an angelic being. It talks about the Malachim viewing him as a spiritual entity, even somewhat confusing him with Akash Baruch Hu because he was so transcendently perfect. We talk about uh, the Gemara says that Adam Harishan could see from one end of the world to another, and that his he can see reality as it is. This is the Or Hagam. This is the hidden light, and. and Back in that, that Zman, before Adam HaRishon sinned, the world itself reflected its truth. You know, when you looked at Adam HaRishon, you didn't see his body. We've talked about this many times before. You looked at Adam HaRishon, it's like a light bulb. You look at a light bulb, you, you don't see the bulb. You see light. If you look very closely, you can see the outer surface of a shell. That was Adam HaRishon. You looked at Adam HaRishon, you saw Adam HaRishon, you saw his soul, you saw his essence, you saw who he was. Only when you look closely could you see a physical body. But once you sinned, it looks like, you know, we're physical beings. We're not. We are spiritual beings. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience. We can't see each other. We, we know that we have a mind, a soul, a consciousness. We can't see other people's. We can only perceive them through their body. The body is the, me the medium of expression. Can only kind of say, we can only, so to speak, experience HaGash Baruch through the expression, through the Torah, through the physical world, through perceiving that which we can see, 
but then getting past physical sight, getting to something higher. And this is, you know, like the, I'll give you a beautiful shot. Um, you know, the, it says the Adam Rishon, and he named all the animals. Talk about a name referring to essence, a shame. Same root as neshama. Shame is not just, you don't give someone a name. We talk about when parents give their children the name, they have Ruach HaKodesh. What does that mean? A name reflects essence. Nefesh talks about how Hashem's different names reflect how Hashem reveals himself into the world. So the name reflects that essence. Yukevavke, Yalukim, different names of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. A name reflects essence. Adam Rishon, he can see the essence of the animals. He gave them their names because their names are a reflection of their essence. That's who you are. You know, Shem means there. It's like destination. It's essence. It's endpoint. It's what it is. Shamayim is Shamim. It's that. It's an endpoint. The heaven is not just you know that you know we think about the sky. Shamayim is like the spiritual endpoint. Aretz Shamayim Arch. Shamim there. That's the destination. Aretz is rats to run. It's heading towards the destination. Uh, we're not going to go into all of these things. It's so powerful to understand the, the power and beauty of Lashon HaKodesh. Hebrew, the words reflect their essence, not just conventional. We don't say that this is a table because we agree it's a table. No, uh, words actually represent and reflect and emanate their truth. So Adam Arishon originally <clears throat> could see everything and he was seen as everything. Meaning, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, one beautiful way of thinking about this is that you can see everything within everything. What does that mean? Now it says that other Mauritians saw from one side of the world to another. Same thing, Lush and the Gemara needed that on the base says when a feast is in the womb, he's in that same angelic state. You can see from one end of the world to another. A light shines above its head, so or is lighting above its head. Well, it can see reality as it is. And it says they can see from one side of the world to another. What's that mean? What's that Lush mean? So when we live in a fragmented physical world. There are things, this and that. Okay, you're here, you're over there. I live here, you live there. You said this, I said this, I heard this. There are there's so much multiplicity and fragmentation. We talk about this all the time, how Bereshus, when Gosh Baruch created the physical world, Bays, Bereshus, the, the physical world created the base, Tunis, Bracha is Tunis, a flow of Tunis into the world from its infinite oneness. Gosh uh, Baruch is that ultimate source of Bracha, of Tunis. But the Maharal says that uh, Beis is the letter of Bracha. Beis is the letter of Tunis. It's the letter of Bereshus. Anochi Hashem Elokech when Hakadosh Baruch Hu reveals the spiritual truth of the world. When Hakadosh Baruch Hu gives us the Torah, starts with Aleph Anochi Hashem. But we live in a world of Tunis where things are not in an intertwined state of oneness. But we do understand the concept of oneness when everything is within everything. So Adam saw from one side of the world to another, he saw how everything was interconnected. It's like look at a human cell, you know, an ear cell and a nose cell, they might have different expressed genes, but at root, all of the human cells have everything within them. It's the state of oneness that is expressed in two-ness. So your cells at root are all the same, but they are activated differently and they express themselves differently. At root, we're all interconnected. All of, all of Clyde's role is at root one soul. And then we become expressed in fragmented individual souls, you and me, we're different people. So there's this concept of, of, of Adam Arishon was originally this ideal spiritual being. And once he sinned, things changed. What, what does it say once, once Adam sinned? As soon as he sinned, he became embarrassed that he wasn't dressed. Why? Because before he sinned, he didn't need to wear clothing. We, why do we wear clothing? Because it's embarrassing that our physical bodies don't reflect our spiritual essence. The fact that we are so physical and corporeal is a busha. It's an embarrassment. 
And Adam Rishon, before he sinned, didn't have that busha because his body was so angelic that it really and perfectly reflected who he was. It was a spiritual body. But once he sinned, the physical world became physical. You, you no longer see the source. It became the physical blocked the spiritual. And now we need to figure out ways of allowing the physical to reflect the spiritual in, in more, I would say, in a more nuanced way. So I call Shabbat Hagathim clothing. Clothing can hide the body, but the higher sense of clothing is to reveal. Kavo, dignity, is, is a sense of revealing the fact that we are higher beings, that we aren't animals, that we have this higher role and higher purpose, and that clothing can be a form of revealing your identity. So why you are the, clo- the clothed maketh man. What's that idea? It's that what you wear not only reveals who you are, but it gives you a sense of identity. And so why clothing is so important. I love those. Why... Kuhanim had to wear certain begodim because begodim are essential. They're not just practical. They, they both are a reflection of who you are, but also remind you who you are. And it's one of those things of you. your identity allows you to live who you are, but how you live also creates your identity. And they're always, always in that, that flux of chesed din back and forth. And you need to always be working on both ends of working from the physical up and from, you know, your mental capacities down in terms of how you live and how you create your identity. But this notion of Adam HaRishon and this higher angelic state with the Or Haganas, which we're obviously going to be tying into Hanukkah very soon, a few have reached that Madriga sense. So one famous example is Moshe Rabbeinu. The Ramban says that Moshe Rabbeinu became so perfect that he had, he, he had spiritual sight. He saw things in a perfect sense. And we know that when Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Harsinai after he received the Torah, his light shone with such an angelic force that he had to wear a covering because other people couldn't handle it. What's this note of this, this angelic light? It's the same Russian, same concept of Adam HaRishon, this angelic light, this Or Haganos, which allowed him not only to see things as reality, but his physical body became so uplifted. Why is our physical body not reflecting? Why can't you see my soul, my mind, my consciousness, myself? Because my body blocks it. My body can't contain the full force in essence of my neshama, as the Ramchal talks about the Astunos. Moshe Rabbeinu, after he received the Torah, could. He became this angelic physical being. can live in two worlds. It's like, uh, it's like Yitzchak, Yitzchak. That once, you know, the Rizal and the Zohar talk about how once Yitzchak came down from the Akedah, Yitzchak also spells Ketzchai. He was, you know, the, the Gemara talks about how Yitzchak's ashes really were there on the Mizbech, that he w- wasn't shafted, and he was. The first case of Tchayas Amisa, why Nechayim Amisa in the second bracha Shmona Esrei is Yitzchak's bracha, because he was the first case of, of Tchayas Amisa. He lived in, he transcended to the spiritual world and came back down, lived in two states. Ketzchai is the same letters of Yitzchak. Ketzchai means the, who lives at the end. He's in the spiritual and the physical. That transcendent paradox of being a, a physically spiritual being. And when Moshe Rabbeinu came down, he was in this original state like like um, like Adam Arishan. Whether Yitzchak was in that same state as you know you can you can theorize, meaning it's possible. Um, but the Ramchal mentions three people. One is Moshe Rabbeinu. The second is Chanoch. Chanoch, we know uh, Rashi talks about this. How he he didn't die. His body itself went up to Shemayim. Now our physical bodies can't exist in the spiritual world, but spiritual physical bodies can. What's the raya? Adam Harishon, where was his physical body? Where was he originally? His physical body was in Gan Eden. Where does our soul go to when we die? Gan Eden. Adam Harishon's, the status of Adam Harishon's physical body was the status of our soul when we go to Gan Eden. 
That's, that's mind-boggling. That's mind-boggling. Chanuch was able to go straight to Shemaim because he uplifted his body so much that his body became spiritual. And the Ramchal mentions one more, Eliyahu Navi, who was, you know, flew up to Shemaim in a fiery chariot. He didn't need to die. So Moshe Rabbeinu, who ended up dying, but when he came down from Harsina, he was in this angelic physical state. Chanuch and Eliyahu Navi all represented this, this paradigm of Adam HaRishon with the Or Haganos, this transcendent physical state. And this is so powerful. So let's just, I know this is very, very deep, and we're delving into some of the most uh, fundamentally current. But let's ask a question. What happened? Why did Hashem hide this light after Adam Rishon sin? So we've talked about this thing many, many times. But there are three stages for every process. Ramchal talks about this, the Maral talks about this, the Rizal talks about this, the Don Lagon talks about this. There are three stages in every spiritual process. The first is the ideal. The ideal is given as a gift. It's there to show you the goal, show you what you're capable of achieving. And it's then taken away. You lose it. Why? So you can reattain it. So you can build it yourself. And this is what happened. The Or Haganas was the ideal to see reality as it is. But we lost that. We live in a darkened world. And our goal is to recreate that, to see it. But we have to earn it. We have to build it ourselves. And it's the same reason why in the womb you learn called Tarakula, you lose it. Why do you lose it when you come to the world? The Gemara Nidav Davam says the Malach hits you and you forget. Why? So you can earn it. So you can achieve that clarity, that, that, that perfection, but be, make it yours. We're not perfect. We get to become perfect. Our root is perfection, but we lose it so we can become, we can achieve it, we can earn it. And the ultimate enjoyment in Olam Haba is realizing that we built it, that we became it, that this, this is who we are. It wasn't given as a gift. We chose it. Now, let's, I want to show you also a really powerful Vilna Gon. The Vilna Gon, he says that there's an allusion to this idea in the very first few psukim of the Torah itself. The Torah says, the Torah says that Yehi or the first passage says Yehi or let there be light. And then the next passage says Vayehi or. So we translate that as, you know, and there was light, and there was light. But the Vulcan says Vav, whenever you put a Vav, it changes something into something that happened. So you're, the simple understanding is that, oh, there was light, Hashem said light, and there was light. The deeper understanding is that this was a representation of the change. Yehi Or. That's the reality. That was the Or, that spiritual light, Or Haganos. Vayihior, there was light. It changed. And there's no longer that light. It's not saying that, oh, now there's light. It's saying there was, past tense, light. The, the light has been hidden. The Or Haganos has been changed. And, and in a sense, this was the story of creation. The hiding of this light. This is, this is like, you know, basically all of our life is about retaining this clarity. Why, why are we in this world? To learn, to grow, to, to see past the surface of reality and to gain more and more clarity and, and to achieve our highest, highest potential. But that requires re-achieving this cognition, this experience of the Oragonus. And, and I want to take this one step deeper because in a deeper sense, you can argue that the Or HaGunas was supposed to be hidden. Why? Because we call it the Or HaGunas. We call it the hidden light. Why do we call it the hidden light? So the simple understanding is that we, that's what it was called after it was hidden. 
It's called Or Hagunas because it was originally revealed and then it became hidden. But the deeper approach is that this is its role. Its role is to be hidden. Because our job in life is to discover it. It is. Its nature, its purpose is to be hidden. And we are here to rediscover that light. What's that light? That light is perceiving reality as is connecting with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, living our purpose, delving into the ultimate depth and truth of life, living a life of truth. Now, mitzvahs are connecting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, living a higher truth, learning Gemara, understanding the, the, the inner dimensions and nuances and complexities of all higher truth. That's what life is about. Achieving your perfection, crafting and, and crafting yourself and cultivating your skills, contributing your life to client soul to the world. This is this is basically the, the beauty of our life, and this is this is our story. The Jewish story is a story of of rediscovering and 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 emanating this light out into the world to reveal the spiritual or hagonas within the physical world. And we're going to get to why this is so related to Hanukkah. But the first example, I would say, the first, I'm not going to say the first, but let's start with the first example we're going to say of, of where this light was retained was Yosef. Remember, Adam represents this ideal form of beauty, where the physical reflects the spiritual, the physical body reflects the spiritual. And Sari her, her name was also Rashi says Yiska, because she also reflected this beauty. Yiska means... Uh, it means transparent, where the physical reflects the spiritual. We know she was physically beautiful. The Mitzrim wanted her. Wanted the Paro wanted to marry her, but she was also spiritually beautiful in the sense that her physical beauty reflected her spiritual beauty. Sukkah came from the same root of Yiska and Schach, which is the roof of the Sukkah. Why is Schach the essence of the Sukkah? Because Schach is the same root of Yiska. It's, it's transparency. It's to see past the surface. So why Schach has you know holes in it? It lets rain in, lets sunlight in. Because sukkah is all about seeing past the surface, recognizing that everything comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's, you know, the, the real essence of the imuna of, of Chag HaSukkahs is seeing past the surface of the physical facade. Seeing the physical as a reflection of the spiritual, as a reflection of something much higher. If they see through the surface, not past the surface, through the surface. You know, we want our, our souls to emanate through our bodies, not despite our bodies, through our bodies. So the first example is, we're going to get back to this idea of Yosef. Why is Yosef? We always read about Yosef or in Hanukkah, Parshas Mikates. What's the connection to Yosef and Hanukkah? So Yosef is called Safnas Panayach, revealing the hidden. Yosef, so much we can give a whole share on this, but Yosef is the only male in the Torah, not the only male in Tanakh, the only male in the Torah, and others in Tanakh, and Nach, but in the Torah, he's the only male who's referred to as beautiful. Midrashim talked about how him and Dina were switched in the womb, whether their neshamas were switched or their bodies were switched. Lots of debates. But Yosef was this, this, this beautiful man. And Chazal talk about this, and a lot of Midrashim talk about this, Mepharshim talk about this. Yosef rep- represents this ideal of connecting the physical and the spiritual, of seeing past the surface, reflecting a higher light, which is why he was able to control himself when it came, when it came to Asia's Potiphar, and Yosef represents this ideal form of beauty, this higher form of beauty, and this, this beautiful connection to this light of Torah, this light of Hanukkah. That's why we read about him on Hanukkah. Because the menorah in the Nidbar is, is, I guess, the most simple example of the Or Haganas. 
the aura, the menorah represents this concept of this, this hidden light, revealing this hidden light. And the menorah in the Midbar, in the Mishkan, that was the original version. And then we have the next version, Hanukkah. Hanukkah is, you know, at each stage in human history, you read the Sadoros, things become smaller and bigger. At each stage, things become smaller and bigger. Smaller in some sense, but bigger in a different. Smaller perhaps in a revealed sense, but bigger in the sense of the, the smaller the light, you would think the lesser extent, the lesser impact it has. But if it's darker, then even a small light can illuminate an entire dark room. In, in a lit up room, a, a small light can't do much. Even a big light can't do much. But if it's dark, a small light can light up all room. The Zohar says that a nair in a dark room will illuminate that room. And therefore, in Hanukkah, which was a transition where, where miracles ended, Akash Baruch Hu was no longer openly manifest in the world. No longer was there prophecy. No longer were there miracles. No longer was there open hashkacha in the world, open providence. At this stage in human history, the small light of the miracle of Hanukkah, the miracle of the Neros, of Shemin, that miracle revealed some really powerful truths. It lit up a darkened world. When the Greeks claimed that we are the truth, our intellects are beholding of the truth, as Ramban said, that the problem with the Greeks is that they said, only that which our intellects can ascertain, only that which we can intellectually, rationally, logically understand, that's the only truth. The ore of Hanukkah came to reveal something much more, that there's a higher truth, the Torah. The root of Torah is or, orisa. That's the ore of Hanukkah. Or of Hanukkah, as Fender talks about this beautifully, but it's brought down in, in, the, in lots of Mepharshim, that Hanukkah is the Chag of Torah Shabal Peh. Torah Shabal Peh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave it to us in Harsim, and its prophecy was openly revealed. Torah Shabal Peh, while the roots of that obviously were given on Harsim as well, it's an ongoing process that we engage in of, of of delving deeper into the truth and revealing Torah insights. How can we do that? How can we reveal Torah insights? Because we're tapped into it. That's the beauty. That's the Or Hagonus. It's revealing the light of Torah, the light of Torah truth, which is what Hanukkah comes to represent. The the the, the victory of Torah over over other ideologies, over a false light, over a light that actually darkens. <laughs> That they darkened their eyes. We're going to talk about this, but the Greeks tried to reveal the light of a certain ideology and philosophy that was really just darkening our eyes from the true light of Torah, which includes the ability to use reason and intellect, but includes a lot more than that as well. So our manures today, our manures today are are a continuation of the nearest of the Beis Hamikdash and the nearest of Hanukkah. And that we bring that light into our homes and reveal it. Pursuing so we, we emanate that light out into the world. Revealing the truth of the Or HaGonus. What is the Or HaGonus? It's that everything in this world reveals something higher. Everything reveals a higher truth. And that the physical might hide the spiritual, but it can also reveal it. And that's the Or HaGonus. And the Rokeach says something absolutely wonderful. He says a tremendous chedesh. Keach was a tremendous uh, thinker from Hasidi Ashkenaz. And he said that the Or Hagan was only lit in terms of how Adam and Chava received it. They only received the Or Hagan's light for 36 hours. Why? Because they were created on Friday 
and they sinned on Friday. Like, you know, a lot of Mepharshim talks about how really they were supposed to wait till after Shabbos to eat from the Yitzhadas. They sinned by eating on Friday. It's a whole topic we're not going to go into right now. But they sinned on Friday. What happened? HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for the, for, out of covered for Shabbos, HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed the Oraganas to continue lighting through Shabbos. After Shabbos, the Oraganas disappeared. It was hidden. How many hours? 36. How many candles do light on Hanukkah, not including the Shamas? 36. If you add one, then one plus two, plus three, plus four, plus five, plus six, plus seven, plus eight, 36. 36 candles on Hanukkah recreating the Ur Haganas, the experience of that hidden light. And this is what we're tapping into on Hanukkah. The Ben, the Bnei Yisachar also mentions how the, the Nair of Hanukkah is retapping into the original Uraganas, and lots of Mepharshim talk about this. And basically it's shown how you have the Uraganas, then you have Adam, and then you have you know, Yosef, the Moshe, and then you have the Menorah, and you have the Menorah of Hanukkah, our Menorah. There's this axiom, everything is contained within everything. And remember, the Yerusha Doros is like, it's the spiraling uh, like sense of we're going down and we're going up. And as we go lower and lower in the revelation of that light, of that Uraganas, we also have all the more ability to achieve higher levels of spiritual greatness. Because the darker it gets, the more light we can create. And this is the powerful concept we talked about, and everything is contained within everything. So if there's a concept, remember we talked about how, how originally there's a gift. There's three stages. There's a gift. That's the argument. It's taken away, and we have to rebuild it. So, ah, Yosef rebuilt it, but then we lose it. It's it taken away. Oh, we, 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 we rebuild it again. Moshe Rabbeinu. We lose it. Oh, we rebuild it again. The, you know, the, the menorah, the menorah is Hanukkah, oh, we lose it. Now our menorahs are rebuilding again. So it's concept within the concept within the concept within the concept. It's a spiraling concept. And we always have to reattach ourselves. Whenever we lose it, we get to build it even greater than it was before. We get to earn it on an even higher level. And this is a powerful truth. And I think the best way to really to really approach this is, is what is our koach when it comes to the Oregonus? What's our koach? Well, where did the oragonas go? So we talked about the oragonas being within the lights of Hanukkah, within the lights of the menorah. But the Ramchal talks about this, and he's actually quoting really from the Zohar, the Hashmatas HaZohar. says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu hid the oragonas within the Torah. What does that mean? The Ramchal says they hid it within mitzvahs. When we do mitzvahs, we re-tap into it. I mean, Hanukkah is the Chag HaTorosh Peh. So Hanukkah is, is tapping into the Raganas because it's tapping into the concept of bringing out, Torah Shabbat is bringing out the inner light of Torah. Revealing through, uh, you know, through analyzing, what, what, is, what is learning Gemara Be'in? You delve deeper and deeper and deeper into Sugyas. You learn it in depth. Bring out its inner light. The ideas that are hidden within it. You learn, you read the line of Gemara. You say, oh, okay, it says this. You ask, you start to realize, you ask a couple of questions and it opens up. You can spend 25 years on a single line of Gemara. Because every single line of Gemara has endless mafarshim, endless possibilities, opens up into other sugyas, and every single sugya opens up into other sugyas, and, and it's this endless opening and interconnections of Torah truth. It's powerfully wonderful. But what is this concept of, of the Orachonis hidden within Torah? Because remember, the Orachonis represents the idea of the physical fully reflecting the spiritual, of everything that's revealed reflecting that which is hidden, that which is spiritual, that which is infinite. 
that, that truth is hidden within Torah. When we become more spiritual, number one, we reveal intellectually the truth, the Kaddish Baruch Hu's will, the deeper truths of reality. But also, mitzvah comes from, Maral talks about how mitzvah comes through tzavta. When we do mitzvahs, we're not only obeying the commands of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, tzavta means connection. We're connecting to Kaddish Baruch Hu. When you do that which someone else wills, his will becomes your will. You become one. When you listen to the will of Akash Baruch Hu, when you perform mitzvahs, when you learn Torah, you're connecting to Akash Baruch Hu's essence. You're connecting to him in the deepest way. You're becoming one with him. You're becoming gangly. And that is the, the deeper power, deeper koach of doing mitzvahs. It's also, the Ramchal talks about this in a deeper way, Daskus, but what happened when Adam Rishon sent? His body became physical. So the Ramban talks about how only then did, did Adam become mortal, and then he, his physical body couldn't contain his spiritual soul anymore, and eventually his physical body withered away and died. What is physicality? What, is, what does it mean? It's connected to the concept of ra. Ra means to shatter, to break down. Physicality is something which withers, something which is corporeal, it dies, it disintegrates, it's not infinite, it's finite, it's limited. The infinite maintains itself eternally. It doesn't break down. Original Adam Rishon would never die because he wasn't mortal. His physical body was so spiritual, so connected, and so able to contain the essence of his soul that he would never die. But the Ramchal says that once he died, the physical could no longer contain the soul. That's why during Tchiyas the body will once again be like it was originally by Adam Rishon, and the body will once again be able to fully attain and contain the essence of the soul, and therefore will once again become immortal. But right now, we are mortal. Right now, we are physical. We are limited. And learning Torah is what basically uplifts us. Not only uplifts our, our inner essence, our spiritual essence, uplifts our bodies. Become more spiritually in the physical sense as well. It's, it's, it's something really... How did Moshe Rabbeinu get to that level? How did Chanuch? How did Eliyahu Navi? Because they became so spiritual that their bodies became spiritual as well. That's what our goal is. Our goal is to uplift everything in our life. And... I'll tell you, the, the, you know, it's the beautiful passage that Ramchal quotes, is near mitzvah of the Torah or. It's, you know, through this, this concept of mitzvahs are physical actions. You know, beautiful. We dive into want what Hashem wants. We learn Torah to know what Hashem wants. So we learn Torah to know what Hashem wants. We dive into want that. And we do mitzvahs to live that, to express that. So mitzvahs are the physical body, the, the near, and they're an expression and allow and enable the flame of Torah. Because you learn Torah to, what am I supposed to do in life? And then you live that, you become a living expression of Torah truth. And you become more and more spiritual as you live that type of life. And I'll give you, uh, this is my ha'ara, this is my chedosh. But what's this proof? What, what's the proof that we're here to do that? So what's the lashon of the Gemara? The Gemara says, and the Midrash Rabbah also says this, that the Or HaGarnas allowed Adam to see everything, and that he saw from one side of the world to another. And the Gemara Nida Daflama base has the same Lasha. says that when you were a fetus in the womb, you learned Kola Torah Kula, and you saw from one side of the world to another. And then, just before you were born, you lost all that. So the Vilna says, why did the Malach hit you? Why did you lose Kola Torah Kula? Why did you lose this vision of reality, being able to see everything? Because of what we mentioned, the three stages in the womb was a gift, but you're here in this world to earn it. You're here in this world to make yours. But the same Lasha of the fetus in the womb to Adam, because you were tapped in to that same Torah, to that same Or Haganos. And when we learn Torah in this world, we're reactivating, reattaining, we're actualizing that which we saw, which we were in the womb, the house of the Or Haganos. So during this life, we're 
connecting to the Yor Haganas. We're connecting to that deeper truth. And anyone who's really spent time delving into Torah knows that they start to see the world differently, they start to see themselves differently, they start to experience life differently, start to become something else. We start tapping into that inner deeper truth. And it's like a frequency. It's like this fast time that says, what does it mean that Avraham heard Lachlacha? Only Avraham heard Lachlacha? No, anyone could have heard Lachlacha. Anyone could have heard that, that calling, that mission to achieve spiritual transcendence, to achieve that mission to connect that Gosh Baruch on the deepest level. But Avraham was tapped into the frequency. And you have to learn in life how to become spiritually attuned, how to really refocus yourself, how to focus your mind, your consciousness, how to develop yourself in a way that your whole life is focused and set on achieving spiritual greatness. And let's, let's tap into this concept of flame, of fire. So, Matishavas, Adamarishan, the Gorgonus disappears. So what does the Kaj Baruch Hu do? Kaj Baruch Hu gives Adam fire. Why? Because you might have lost the original light. But I'm going to give you a taste of recreating it. Of, of out of the darkness, you're going to start the journey of recreating that light. And that's why in Matzah Shabbos, when we make Havdalah, what do we do? We, we include Esh, or light. Because we're re-tapping into what Adam HaRishna experienced in Shabbos. Re-tapping into the loss of the organs and our are not only a desire, but the necessity to recreate that light. I'll take a step further. What do we do? It's, and I get so many, all the time people ask, what is this thing, you know, you look at your, your, your fingernails by the light on Matzah Shabbos, well, what's going on here? Why do we look at our fingernails when it comes to Adam? It's so beautiful, beautiful. Adam Arison originally was transparent. When you looked at him, you didn't see a physical body. You didn't see the skin that we have now. You saw him. Transparent. What's the only real transparent part in our body? Our nails. Our nails are the last transparent part. They are a giloi. They are megala, the ultimate truth of what Adam Rishon originally was. On Matzah Shabbos, we, we look into the light, the light of the fire that is representative and represents what? The Orhaganas? And we say, this fire, we're going to use this fire to reveal what? Our nails, that which is also Megala, what Adam Arishan originally looked like with the Oragonas. Everything in Judaism is so unbelievably deep. Everything, every detail, every nuance, things that you can be doing your entire life without knowing why, there's just ultimate depth behind everything. And let's take this last step. You know, spoke about fire. Before we take the last step, there's another Sugi which we're not going to talk about now, which is the nearest of Shabbos going into Shabbos. When women light the candles of Nerus, the Halakas Nerus, going into Shabbos, not only the Halakas Nerus of Hanukkah that we light, every, every Friday night, women light candles. It's also connected to this concept of Oregonos. We're not going to go into it right now. It's a whole whole deep topic. But the lights that we, we do light in Hanukkah, you ever, you ever think about why Hanukkah falls out every year in the darkness of winter? It's cold, it's dark, we just change the clocks back, it gets really early. There's this sense of you know, I wouldn't say depression, but there's this, this cold feeling in the air. It's the dead of winter. Getting to the dead of winter. It's when it's darkest. Why does Hanukkah always appear, always happen in the darkest part of the year? And there's not only this physical darkness, there's a spiritual darkness that we talk about when it comes to the Greeks, the that the Greeks tried to darken our eyes, to block some sort of light. What, what's going on here with this, this thematic notion of dark versus light. 
well, there's two layers of light and there's two layers of darkness. So we've talked about the Oregonus representing this, this ideal light, but when we talk about the spiritual light, there's also spiritual darkness, philosophies that block that light. And the Greeks, with all the Gezeris that they had, well, if you look at all the Gezeris, we can give a whole share on this as well, all of the Gezeris are, they have one goal, to disconnect us from Akash Baruch to disconnect us from higher truth. You know, the Oragonus reveals that this world is deeply connected to the spiritual world and that our job in this world is to connect to something higher. And the Greeks basically said, you don't need to connect to anything higher. You don't. There's nothing beyond this world. And that is the ultimate darkness. They tried to disconnect any form of connection. So they disconnected our learning Torah, connecting to the Ratzon Hashem. They disconnected Rosh Chodesh, which is newness, which means that Gosh Baruch Hu, um, is actively, the concept of newness means that Gosh Baruch Hu is engaged in this world. They say, no, nothing is new. Nothing spiritual and transcendent is coming into this world. Really, this is a whole topic we can get into. The, the, why, why, why did they attack Rosh Chodesh? That's a whole question. Um, there's, there's a lot of deep ideas. Rosh Chodesh is the first mitzvah Gosh Baruch Hu gives us, gives us the power of our time, gives us... Um, Really, it's, it's deeply connected to the concept of the moon versus the sun, how the moon renews itself, the sun doesn't. The moon waxes and wanes, just like Israel. But they, they also attacked everything. That the brismila is, is connecting the physical, the most animalistic part of the body to the transcendent. Eight days of Hanukkah, the, the Shemen, same of Shmona, and brismila on the eighth day. Torah was given on the first of the eighth week. Remember, 49 days is Ferris Omer. The 50th is really the first of the eighth week. The Maral talks about eight is always Lamalamin and Tevath, the spiritual. We have a three dimensional world, which really means right, left, front, back, up, and down. That's six. Seventh is that which connects them all together. Shabbos, that's why the physical world is built off of sevens, the Maral says. You know, seven days in the, in the week, we have seven lights in the spectrum of light, seven notes in the musical scale. Eight is Lamalamin and Tevath, that which is transcendent. It's, it's the soul, it's Torah, it's you know, the, the, the flame, the, the flame of the menorah, that which is Lamala Minateva. And that was what happened on Hanukkah. Lamala Minateva overcame Teva. The Greeks embraced sevenness. Seven is great. Anything more than that now? Right? What were they able to do? They were able to be metama, all the oil going into, you know, you know so to speak, the, not the oil of the, of the, of the coin gondol. Why? Because the coin gondol is that which is Lamala Minateva goes into the Kodesh HaKadoshim and Yom Kippur. It's, it's that which is transcendent. That's why, if you want to even take it a step deeper, you know, a little bit of drush, it's, it's why the menorah of Hanukkah transcends the seven candles that was originally, the our menorahs had eight candles. The original menorahs had seven candles because we took that menorah and we added a new dimension, which is the dimension of Hanukkah, which is the dimension of Torah Shabbat Peh which is the dimension of that which is, in a certain sense, even higher. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us Torah Shepiksav, gave us the roots of Torah Shepiksav. But we are able to go into an even higher dimension through that seed. And these are really new topics. I don't want to confuse you because these all can be, you know, individual share exploring these concepts, exploring these ideas. But Torah, the eighth, Lamalam Teva, is the light that overcame the darkness of the Greeks. And that's why Torah is or. Torah is the light. The Torah is the most beautiful, wondrous, uh, you know, angelic thing that you can ever tap into. And yet it illuminates this world. 
illuminates all of life. It gives meaning, purpose, and clarity to everything. And to take it in one last step, this connects to physical light as well. Adam Harishon, when he was originally kicked out of Gan Eden, the world started getting darker because the days started getting shorter. And he thought that the world was going to get darker and darker until there was no longer light and that he would die. And the Gemara says that by the equinox, that around this time, right around Hanukkah time, that everything started to flip on its head. It was the time where the days started getting longer again, where the light started to overcome the darkness. And that's what Hanukkah is about. It's that shift. Everything seems like it's going downhill, and all of a sudden it comes back uphill. The light overcomes the dark. The, the days get longer. Torah overcomes. The ore of Torah illuminates all of life. And that's what, that's what we're here in this world to do. Hanukkah is where we recognize that we are the light that shine in a darkened world and reveal that the world is not dark at all. The world is here for us to become, to achieve greatness, to reveal the truth. And that is the most unbelievable mission that you can possibly ask for. You know, we wake up in life and we're like, why am I here? What am I doing with my life? What's my purpose? That's your purpose. Grow, achieve, become, contribute, lift others up, bring more incredible light into this world. Find out who you are, what your abilities are, and achieve something extraordinary with your life and bring other people up with you. And, you know, this is really tapping into every, every, every ordeal you face is helping you in some sense. Every bad thing that happens to you is helping you achieve some higher form of yourself. We are in this world to become, to reveal truth, to reveal light, to reveal the light of Torah. And the Hanukkah candles are... are where we tap into this, you know, people sit around and just watch the Hanukkah candles. It's the most beautiful thing to do. Watch them flicker, just like your soul dances, the, the lights dancing and flickering. We are in this world to, to just, you know, take that, that, that wick, that physical wick, and to uplift it. And to take, you know, we're not going to get into the beautiful themes of oil and wick and flame and how those represent the three themes of the soul, Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama. But we are in this world to achieve so much. And Hanukkah is where we remember that no matter how dark the world gets, we can achieve that. Why? Because a small light in a darkened room illuminates that room. And Hanukkah is the Chag of Torah Shvalpeh because the greatest way for us to achieve light is through the lens of Torah. Engage in Torah. Bring out Torah. When you're so in touch with Torah, that's when you come up with Chidushim. Because Chidushim just spring forth when you plant seeds in your head. Akash Baruch just lets those seeds plant into Ha'aras and ideas and beautiful Torah wisdom and Anyone and everyone, I, know, I don't know who's listening to me. I don't know who you are, but I do know this. You can, you can become a tremendous Tamil Chacham. You can become, if you're a woman, you can become, you, know, you, can, you can engage in, in Torah and Chachma. You can, if you're, if you're a child, if you're old, if you're, no matter who you are, there are no limitations on what you can accomplish and what you can contribute to the world. Find the right way to do it. Find your Kachos. Find out what your light is. And bring your light to the world. Lift others up. Achieve your potential. So my brach is that we should tap into this Hanukkah in the deepest way we possibly can. Tap into all of its themes. And we should really reveal the true Or Haganas. Reveal the light in the world. And may this Hanukkah bring so much light, so much koach, so much inspiration. And may we continue to grow and be inspired to inspire others as well. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.